0: time together will prove a real blessing as we continue with a series of studies designed to help you understand and enjoy the Bible. My name is Alex Kurz, and it's my privilege to invite you to join us as Richard Jordan, president of Grace School of the Bible, brings us another message from the Word of God.
1: Thank you, Alex. and I'm certainly glad to have you, my friend, join us today as we look again into God's Word together. And uh, we want to um, uh, encourage you to stay tuned for the next half hour as we look into some issues in God's Word that are of a practical impact in your life on a daily basis. You know, one of the wonderful things about being a believer is that uh, there's the, the, the joy and the knowledge of having our sins forgiven uh, completely, totally, and forever. Uh, to have your sins forgiven... And to have them forgiven for sure, and have them forgiven forever. What a joy that is. To have all of the, all of the guilt and the weight and the load of our failures, and, and our, uh, misdeeds, missteps, and our overt rebellion, to have that forgiven. And to, as Colossians 2.13 says, have it forgiven, having forgiven you all trespasses. When you realize that when Jesus Christ died for you at Calvary, that everything you do Everything you've ever done, everything you ever will do, it was all future. Uh, I talk with people uh, from time to time, and they they say, "Brother Rick, I, I just don't think that God could ever forgive me for what I've done." And sometimes it's pretty pretty bad stuff, humanly speaking, that they've done. But you know, I'm I'm quick to tell people that God will God will will, will send a liar to hell. As quick as he will a murderer and he'll forgive a murderer as quick as he will a liar because the issue isn't what you've done we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God comparing ourselves our sins among ourselves Paul says they that compare themselves among themselves are not wise the issue is comparing ourselves to God And when we compare ourselves to him, no matter how small and meaningless seemingly our sins are, that's one of the things you learn in the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve got bounced because of one sin. And it wasn't a real big banner headline kind of a deal, it was just eating a grape, (laughs) just eating a piece of fruit. And uh, you say, well, wow, that was kind of intolerant, wasn't it? No. No. That was called sin. That was rebellion, willful, autonomy, going to have it my way, do it my way, live the way I want. And it was rebellion against God. All we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned everyone into our own way. But the verse goes on to say, And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. And you see, to have that kind of forgiveness, everything you've ever done, every wrong you ever committed was future. He looked down through time and saw you and said, It's for those sins that I died. Well when you realize that that's what the gospel teaches, then you don't have any real problem understanding that when he when he saved you, he forgave you all of your sins, past, present, and future. Because all of your sins were future when he said when he died for them. He didn't die for just a few of them, he died for all of them And he looked down into the future, and he saw the ones you haven't committed. He saw your tomorrows and died for them, too. That's what total forgiveness is all about. What a wonderful thing that is, how God, because of Calvary, can lift the weight and load of our sin off of our shoulders and the guilt of our sin. But, my friend, total forgiveness doesn't mean that sin does not affect us, that sin doesn't matter in the life of a believer. Uh, that's why there's so many passages in Paul's epistles that, that, that encourage us to be motivated by God's love and by God's grace to live the, in the light of the reality of who we are in Christ. Grace motivation is just the, 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 the motivation of love. Paul says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God which is your reasonable service, and be not conformed to this world. You see, the motivation is just to live in the reality of who you are. I beseech you by the mercies of God. Look at all God has done for you. And for love's sake, for gratitude for the gift that God has given you, I beseech you, he says, present your bodies a living sacrifice. Think about that. In the Bible, what do you do to sacrifices? Well, they kill them. Here's a living sacrifice, a living dead person. What's he talking about? Well, that's Romans chapter number 6, that we we died with Christ, nevertheless we're raised to walk in newness of life. Paul says it, you know the verse, Galatians 2.20, I'm crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. You see that that that's that's a living dead person. I'm dead. I'm my history, my identity has died, and now I'm living in the identity and the history of Jesus Christ. By the way, when you have when you're in Christ, his spiritual history is your spiritual history. That means your spiritual future history is his. That's heaven. But it also means your past spiritual history is his. That's the cross so when you look back in your your past what you see is the cross when you look into the future what you see is heaven <laughs> and right now what you see is christ because that's where you are you're in him that's what god's grace teaches and someone will say well wow if that's if that's what the grace of god does for me then then where does sin come in Oh, that's just the point. It doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't. He said, present yourself a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God. That isn't what you need to go do for yourself. That's who you are already in Christ. Colossians 3, verse 12, one of the titles that, that uh, uh, Paul gives to, to the saints there. He says, put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercy. You can't put on holiness. That's a reference to your identity in Christ. That's a reference to the status of believers in Christ. You are holy and beloved. Ephesians chapter 1. Paul talks about God's purpose, that he's chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. You see, he, he chose us to have this new identity in Christ where we share his identity. But you need to understand that the reality of that is becomes a part of your experience by, as you walk by faith in an understanding of God's Word, God's grace, as your life is, is controlled by, by God's love and grace, as is revealed in the Word of God, rightly divided, that control in your life comes, that you, that, that filling of the Spirit, that being filled with the fullness of God, the control of Jesus Christ in your life comes, as your life is objectively controlled by the love and the grace of God that is revealed to you in His Word, rightly divided. It comes as you're controlled by the love of Christ for you. Controlled by Christ, uh, by, controlled by an understanding of the love and grace of God revealed in uh, the message, the preaching of Jesus Christ according to the revelation of the mystery. Well, what happens in your life when that isn't what controls you? Paul wouldn't tell you to do these things if there wasn't the potential that you would not do them. And the reason there's that potential is that grace. You see, grace puts you on the spot. The law says, if you live up to this standard, I'll give you the blessing. Grace says, and it uses fear and guilt as the motivators. Fear that you won't get the blessing, fear that you'll get punishment, and guilt over failure. But grace grace does something different. Grace says, here, I'm going to give you as a free gift everything I have for you. I'm going to make you complete in Christ. I'm going to bless you with all spiritual blessings in heaven and places, and they are your present possession. They're yours. And the salvation package is put on the table, and everything God has in it is there for you. Now, he says, get in there, find out what I gave you, and use it. Now, we like to sing, oh, how I love Jesus. But you see, what God's grace does is it puts us on the spot. And says, "You don't have to do anything to get anything. I've given it all to you. Now, here's why I gave it to you: because I'm doing this. I'm doing this. Come on and go do it with me." And what grace demonstrates is that we, generally speaking, really don't love him like we ought to. <laughs> uh, we're willing to love ourself, our way, more than his way. So what happens when we do that? When we sin? Well. There are a number of things that, that, that take place that, that, that sin does in your life that are reasons in Paul's epistles for you to be on alert about living and about having sin having any contact, about making any provisions for the flesh, as Paul says in Romans. First of all, sin interferes with your own personal best adjustment. It interferes with, with your, pers- your best personal adjustment, and, and, and eventually... Uh, it makes you miserable, because that's what sin always does. That's what Paul's talking about in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 12. All things are lawful unto me, Paul says, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful. In other words, I, I can do these things, but I will not be brought under the power of any. Um, when he says all things are lawful, he's talking about his liberty, Um, But when he says, all things are not expedient, I might can do this, but it isn't going to be, if it's not going to be for my best long-term advantage, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to look at it and make an evaluation. Is this going to produce uh, long-term advantage for me or not? And you know what sin does? Well, it doesn't produce long-term advantage. Jesus said, If you know these things, happier you if you do them. If you want to have joy, the Bible says that God that, that uh, Paul prays that God would fill you with joy and peace. How? In believing. Someone says, Peace be with you, it doesn't come by a preacher or a priest pronouncing a benediction on you. Joy and peace come in believing. If you know these things, you find out what God says in his word, happier you filled with joy and peace are you in believing in doing what the word of god says sin is going to damage your life it's going to produce bondage it's going to it's going to take away from your best the best use of your life on a daily basis that's one of the reasons that in christian circles we we, we set the standards for our life, the convictions of our life, and we set them high, because we want to have the best opportunity to serve God that there can be. And we're doing it not to gain blessing, but because we want opportunities in life to serve, oftentimes. You see, the, the use of liberty, uh, and in essence what Paul says, don't flaunt your liberty, use it wisely. And use it wisely for your own personal best adjustment. Don't allow it to get anything to get power, control over your life. Not only does sin interfere with your personal life, but it damages the lives of others. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 10 is what Paul is talking about when he says something very similar in chapter 10, verse 23. All things are lawful for me, but all things are not expedient. Now that's the same thing he said back in chapter 6, verse 12. He said back there, all things are lawful for me, but all things aren't for the best long term advantage. All things are lawful, but I won't be brought into the power of any. In other words, there are there are things that I can do in my life that build destructive patterns into my life that don't enhance my ability to serve God. I won't be a part of that. Here, first Corinthians ten, verse twenty three. He goes he's he's not talking about himself now, he's talking about others. All things are lawful for me, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful for me, but all things edify not. And the edify the edification in the verses following is not the edification of of Paul, but it's the edification of other people. Verse twenty nine he says Conscience I say not of mine own, but of the other for why is my liberty judged of another man's conscience? The, the issue here is my life affects and impacts others, especially those close to you. And so for the, the impact of my life, you know what sin does in your life? It damages not just yourself, but others. It also decreases the effectiveness of our testimony as ambassadors for the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, you can actually become a, a poor testimony. Philippians chapter number 1, uh, Paul says that uh, he's praying for the Philippians, and he's, he's describing how he, he prayed for them. And he says in verse number 11, uh, being filled, talks, talks about the life that a believer needs to have, being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ, under the glory and praise of God. Your life... In time, on planet earth, in the details of your life, daily, is, your life is to be filled with the fruits of righteousness. Now, the fruits are, that's what life produces. The fruits of righteousness, there, is a, there, there are some fruits that your righteous identity in Christ is designed to produce. The life of Jesus Christ, that's why it says, which are by Jesus Christ. He's the one that produces these fruits. When you have this righteous standing in Christ, God's justice gives you his life, and his life produces fruit. And the fruit of righteousness is unto the glory and praise of God literally there is to be an outbreak of the righteous character of almighty God the person of Jesus Christ on the stage of human history through the lives of believers who bear the fruits of their identity in Christ and our life is to be an expression of God's righteousness God's righteousness finding an outlet in time through our Bodies of flesh. And he says that's under the praise and glory of God. God is glorified when we bear fruit, the fruits of righteousness. When people see a God filled life, God's character lives in the eyes of of, of those about us and is at stake in the eyes of men in the believer. Romans chapter 2, verse 24 has the other side of it, describing the condition that the nation Israel had come to. Romans 2.24, he says, "...for the name of God is blasphemed among the Gentiles through you." You see, people can look at your life and say, Boy, <laughs> um, that's some kind of a God uh, that, that, that that you have. Um if, if that's what a Christian is, uh, no thank you, you know. And uh, instead of being that sweet savor of attraction to people, we can be like a stinkweed. So sin, well, sin decreases your effectiveness as a testimony for Christ. So if you're interested in being, and, and I see this all the time, people get saved and, boy, they just enjoy the liberty in Christ and are, and are, and are excited about it. And, and they go out and they just feel it. and they, they, they get out from under the religious bondage, the rules and the regulations to please God, and they see their liberty in Christ. And then they begin to try to share that with others. And people look at them and say, Huh? Who are you? I don't want to listen to And they begin to realize that, well, you know, the way I live, maybe the way I even the way I dress or the way I, you know, the cut of my jib, as they say, the places I go, the things that I do. Those things affect others, and they decrease the effectiveness of my testimony. And so for the effect of the work of the ministry, I choose to do something or not to do something. Well those 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 are are clear things that in time sin affects. And so believers have to be careful about making provisions, walking after the flesh and making provisions for the flesh. Paul says, put you on the Lord Jesus Christ. In your life, let it be the life of Christ that lives. By the way, sin also brings loss at the judgment seat of Christ. You go to Second Corinthians chapter 5, there's a fascinating little verse there uh, about the judgment seat of Christ. Second Corinthians 5, verse number 9 and 10. Paul says, wherefore we labor that whether present or absent we may be accepted of him, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that which he hath done, whether it be good or bad. Now, if it's bad, that's the sin side. That's the, that's the rejected side. And at the judgment seat of Christ, the believer is going to have the Lord Jesus Christ review his life. And if, if the other passages in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, where every man's work should be tried. And some's gonna burn up and some's gonna abide. And the work in First Corinthians chapter three, by the way, is not building church buildings, and it's not getting warm bodies in cold pews, and it's not giving money to the to the mission society, and it's not even going to the mission field or preaching in a pulpit. The work there is Paul said, I laid the foundation of doctrine about who Christ is, the preaching of Jesus Christ according to the revelation of the mystery. Let every man take heed how he builds on the doctrine. On the foundation, the building in First Corinthians three is building sound doctrine into the life, into your life, and the life of others. The issue and the building there isn't going out and building. You know, we, we mistake the church building for the church, and we think what goes on the programs that we run at the church building is the church and is serving God. And and and, well, we miss we missed it when we did that. The building isn't the church, it's the people of God. They're the church, not the building, but the people. God lives in his people. And and the the, the work of the ministry is building some doctrine in people. But you notice what 1 Corinthians, uh, 2 Corinthians 5.10 says, At the judgment seat of Christ, you're going to receive the things done in the body. It didn't say you're going to receive for the things done by your body. That isn't what it said. It didn't say you're going to receive a reward for the things you went and did. It says you're going to receive what you did in your body. That is, the edification that you've put into your inner man. The amount of of edification and skill in, in functioning as a member of the church, the body of Christ. You see, the reference here is to edification that results in godliness. And the capacity that you've built in your inner man... Your soul, well, you're going to drop your body at the at the at the resurrect at the rapture, and you're going to. But your soul is going to be placed into a new glorified body, and that soul is what you're going to take to the judgment seat of Christ, and then He's going to read the meter of your inner man and the things that you did right now in your body. The person that's inside of you. Again, it's not what you did, what was done by your body. It's what's done in your inner man. You see, it's a fascinating thing. It's much different than what religion tells you. Go out here and perform a bunch of stuff, do a bunch of stuff, and then you're going to have a bunch of crowns in heaven when you get there. No. It's build up that godly edification. Because when you build that godly edification, you're building something in your inner man you're going to take all the way into eternity with you. And when you live in sin, you're not building up your inner man. You're not building up anything in you that's positive. You're living... You're not living in the reality of who you are. You're living like somebody you're not. You're living in reversion. I look at the clock. It's time to go. Let me offer you a free Bible study tape. We'll just stop right here in the middle of what we're saying. What to do when a believer sins? You need to understand how sin has been dealt with in your life, how it, it how you can deal with it, how it impacts your, your life, how you should respond to it. You need to understand how to stop sin in your life so it doesn't continue. How God has equipped you. Literally, God has stopped it. You need to understand the issues of forgiveness and victory. This is a, uh, a tape with two messages that deal with these things, and they focus on the forgiveness that you have in Christ, the victory that God has given us in Christ, and the future correct behavior that obedience, that the walk of faith has equipped you to, uh, uh, to, to enjoy. So let me give you this free Bible study tape, What to Do When Believers Sin. To receive your free copy, simply call me here at our toll-free number, 888-535-2300. That's 888-535-2300. Or, of course, you can write me here at at, at The Riches of Grace, Box 97, Bloomingdale, Illinois, 60108. That's the riches of grace, Box ninety seven, Bloomingdale, Illinois six zero one zero eight. My friend, we also want you to know about Grace School of the Bible because we have a we have a rather uniquely designed three year Bible Institute program available on an extension basis. Our school is is unique in in several ways. First, we we follow the Pauline design for the edification of the believer in our curriculum. Rather, rather than patterning our curriculum after the standard systematic theologies that are uh, used by most Bible institutes and Bible schools and seminaries, we, we follow a clearly designed outline and pattern for edification that's found in Paul's epistles. And what that does is it allows students to grow to maturity uh, the Pauline way and, and to quickly be prepared for the ministry that the Lord has for them. Another, another uniqueness of, of Grace School of the Bible is that it's offered on an extension basis through the use of, of video. In other words, we, we send the school to you rather than requiring you to come to us. And what that does is allows you to enjoy the regular sound Bible teaching and edification in the comfort and convenience of your own home and to fit it into your own scheduling demands and the and the ministry that perhaps you already have where you are. If you are or you have ever desired to be a serious student of God's word, why not call us today for a free catalog? That number again is 888-535-2300. And let me also say thanks to those who are helping us to keep this program on this station. This is uh, genuinely listener-supported radio, and I hope you're encouraged to know that there are folks in your area who love the Word of God rightly divided and who rejoice in the message of grace and the joy of the grace life. My friend, if you don't have a fellowship to attend this week where the message of grace is taught from the rightly divided Word and the grace life is clearly proclaimed— call me and we'll put you in touch with a group in your area where you can find that fellowship and encouragement our number again is 888-535-2300 or of course you can write me at any time at the riches of grace box 97 bloomingdale illinois 60108 and friend if you're still not sure of salvation that your sins are forgiven and that you have eternal life as a present possession, be sure to let us know, and we'll be happy to send you some gospel literature that will make the way plain. That number, again, is 888-535-2300. Thanks for joining us today, and until we meet again this same time and place next week, Maranatha.
0: take the word with you wherever you go with our mobile app the word alexa tune in iheart and odyssey.com am 990 and fm 101.5 the word a bigger and stronger voice for god's word is now here Fifty thousand watts am 990 and fm 101.5 the word wtln orlando where faith comes by hearing portions of this broadcast hour are pre-recorded make it clear ministries has sponsored this make it clear broadcast are you looking for truth from god's word that you can understand and apply to your life you'll find it today on make it clear with dr stan pons listen now as stan makes it clear
1: They saw it as God. They were listening to God speak when the word of God was read. But it says...